0: And along with that video, I want to read you a, a article off of a website that just talks about this when you put it in light of the Bible. And this article uh, draws from the 17th chapter of Revelation, and I, I know you may be not able to read the whole thing from where you might be seated. If you can't, I just want you to listen and I want to read it to you. It says... Revelation 17 speaks of a great prostitute, a great harlot, and that is generally understood as a metaphor for a false religion that will exist during tribulation period. Many have debated the identity of this religion, with some arguing the Roman Catholic Church, Islam, or another large religious movement will be the end times one world religion. However, It is more likely that the false religion of the last days will consist of an inclusive religion that allows for a pluralistic, I can't get it out, view of God. This would include even liberal monotheistic groups that see all religions as one and are willing to worship the Antichrist in the last days. Whatever this religion is, it will certainly exclude any faith that is exclusive and refuses to worship the Antichrist or his image. Revelation 17:6 states, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. This false religion will permit and even encourage the death of those who follow Jesus during the tribulation. Further, this false end times religion will include sexual immorality, It will also likely have its headquarters in Rome, often described even in the New Testament times as Babylon. That's in Revelation 17 and 1 Peter 5. Saturday morning, the Lord, at some 3 or 4 a.m., as I laid in bed, God laid something on my heart in addition to what I'm going to share with you. And He said, you, you've got to do this this week. You've, you've got to tell people. <clears throat> and then I had had already ran across this article that, or, or video rather. And and it was kind of after the conversation with myself and the Lord. And God said you've got to do this. And I got up uh, a little while after that. And as I went to uh, fix me a cup of coffee, I. Just opened my Bible up after the Lord told me that. And it was laying there on the island in the kitchen. And this is the scripture. They don't have it. But this is the scripture that God hit me with very early in the morning after telling me that. And it's Ezekiel 3 verse 10. And it simply says, moreover, he said to me, son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you. And hear with your ears. I knew that was a direct message from God to me. To tell me. To receive what he told me. And for me to relay this back to you. And he confirmed that with this word. And with that I just want to pray for a moment. So if you'll close your eyes. Father I need you. We all need you. Because this is the word Satan detests what is about to happen more than anything else because your word is where liberty is your word is where the captive is made free so god i know that this is valuable time to satan right now to preoccupy us to get us upset to help us in an area where we might have a short fuse of anxiety to completely disintegrate that fuse he He's a trickster, God, and you know that. And you told us that we should know that. And he is seeking, he's roaming to and fro, just looking for another soul and a life and a family to devour and a church to devour. But God, this is why we pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our ears and our minds right now in our spirit, God, so we can receive the word. We rebuke him and any distraction that he would try to lure us with or cause us to create. In Jesus' name, God's people said amen. What I want to speak to you about for just a few minutes is the fact that most people are not ready for the event that you heard about. We are in an, in an age and in a day where people are encouraged to be tolerant in all religious communities that they are, and they're told to just work together to create peace, to create something that we can help do things like, and all these things are good, so let me say this, but do things like feed the poor, make water available, where, or educate people in third world country. Do all these kinds of things that are, are, are really good, and, and these things are in the Bible. They're told... Over and over again for us, us to be ye kind one to another and bear one another's burdens. But part of the Antichrist and the end times is, is to get all of the people to work together. You've seen the bumper stickers coexist. That's what this is in part about. And this can't we all just get along? And the answer is no. We cannot get along. Because our Bible says. There's one way Jesus Christ said, I am the door. You can't get in any other way but going through the door. And that means, church, you can't just come to church and know about the door. You can't just say well I get real close to the door and I do Christian things or godly things. You have to go through the door. When you go through the door into his world, it means you walk out of your world once and for all. And this is where I'm going to park and shop for a minute. Because I just shared with someone earlier this morning, it has been I had my sleep between my shoulder and and just being so worried and concerned and consumed. People are not ready to stand before God. People are not ready for the trumpet to sound. And I, when I say that, I, want to be, I don't want to be uh, vague and global. I want to be direct this morning. And I say a lot of people in this sanctuary or that attend this church are not ready for that moment. We're not ready. And I can prove to you, right here, right this minute, that we are not ready, the same way I can prove to you that Jesus is about to return. I said this already today. We know that the Lord is about to return, not because the world is full of sin, but because the condition of the church. The Bible said that the love of many would wax cold that people would have itching ears in the last days, that people would be lovers of self and lovers of money and lovers of things more than lovers of God. Are you hearing me yet? You need to hear me. This might be the most important message you ever hear. And and the Lord said when that kind of behavior takes over godliness and holiness and wholeheartedness and a life of priority in the church, you better look out because it's about to go down. And that's where we are. We can hang around each other for just seven days and no longer. And I guarantee you, if any of the majority of our church's conversation, I said the majority, I didn't say all, if The majority of our church's conversation will either max out at 5% or less or z- zero at all. But I tell you what will go on in our conversation. Our children, our hobbies, our habits, our our bucket list, our bank accounts, how they're suffering or how they're fattened or what just happened, what just happened on American Idol or Voice or whatever happened on the next thing coming on. All the reality shows, we'll be able to tell Note for note, lick for lick, minute by minute, or what went down at school or college this week. But we will not be able to talk about the things of the Lord. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what Jesus said in His Word would be a great indicator of where the church is that He's about to return. And this is why He gave me peace with the third chapter of Ezekiel and the tenth verse. You need to listen to what I've said. You need to hearken and you need to share and don't be reserved and don't be fearful because let me tell you how the devil works. He'll say, Okay, you got all these people that are pumped up about growth track. You got all these people that came through. You got people that's going to sign up for growth track. You got dream teams being formed. People say, I don't mind doing that. I need to do that. I don't do anything but come to church. I, I can help do that. I, I can get involved. And you got all this going on. Why, why do you want the risk? Those are the words from Satan. Why do you want to risk that momentum with that kind of message? Why don't you just tell them to keep up the good work? I'm going to tell you to keep up the good work. But I'm going to also tell you at the same time. If you have walked through the door... You don't care about your life, your habits, your things, your stuff, your schedules anymore. All you want is more of God. You want to be that last song that the praise team sung, which is, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I can't be a sanctuary and a shopping mall at the same time. I've got to be sold out. I've got to be exclusive for Jesus. And I've got to be willing to tell everybody down to my children, No, ma'am, no, sir, back off away from the car hands off for me and my house this temple I'm for the Lord and nothing else that's what he's on me to share now we're gonna do a couple of litmus tests because I don't want you to think that everybody's gonna die and go to hell but I'm gonna tell you that everybody in here could really stand to look at your personal life schedule Everybody, if you're watching me online and I'm on David right now, you need to look at your week that's ahead of you. Nope. you need to look at your day that's ahead of you when church is over with. Because Jesus could come back, church. Nothing else on the prophetical timeline has to take place. Plans are already in place for the rebuilding of the temple over in Israel. Everything that we've been taught and we've been told about for years... The chip technology, it's here. All of the religions coming together so the mark of the beast can be instituted, it's here. All religions come together. Can't we just get along? And I answered that question. No, because people don't want to get along when you tell them there's only one way and His name is Jesus. And people are looking to see if that's really true. And here's the first test. We in this world, when, when you are born into this life, I, I don't want to be redundant, but is everybody listening to me this morning? Are you listening, or is your mind wondering? Because I'm calling Satan out right now in the name of Jesus. If you're wondering, or your mind's preoccupied, you need to do what the Bible says. If you're visiting, you need to do this. You need to cast down vain imaginations. What's a vain imagination? Right now, it's anything that other than what I'm telling you God is saying. I don't care if it's about lunch, where you're supposed to be, how bad you feel, how good you feel, how... Great, your schedule, or how sorry your schedule. Anything in your mind right now, including other people in this church, you need to pull it down and you need to put it under your feet because it's contrary to the Word of God right now. So I want you to listen to this. When you were born into this life, you don't know this, maybe, but you, along with many other things, you are a mirror. Every one of you are a mirror. I don't care if you say, I don't even believe in God. I just came today because somebody asked me to come or I'm curious. It doesn't matter. You're still a mirror. And, and, and as a mirror, you, you, you reflect something. And let me tell you, one of the thing, number one, you, this is not on your screen. Listen, the first thing you reflect usually until you walk through this door I talked about yesterday and I'm talking about it today you're gonna reflect you if I come right here I, I see me and in most people's realm and world that they live in that's what other people we hear about our success there's let me let me just say this there's nothing wrong with being proud there's nothing wrong with encouraging There's nothing wrong with a true testimony of what God's doing in your life or in your family's life. But let me tell you, there's a great and fine line there because as a mirror, as a mirror, what people will hear and what people will see, they'll only see the reflection of you and you. And your world and your new toys, your new plans, how well you're doing, what you what you just accomplished, or your children, or what you are planning to do. There's no Jesus anywhere. Okay? And and the reflection is just you, you, yours, theirs. That's all it is. And I want to just tell you: the test is if people cannot see Jesus it's because you are too far you're too far away from him see when people are able to see Jesus in your life it's because you've walked through the door and now you get out of the way you are no longer the reflection that people see, or they hear about, or they read about, Posted all the time. Once you really walk through the door, this is why I know a lot of people in this church that I pastor are in trouble right now. I know I know more about your hobbies, your things, how great life is than I do about the God that you say you are sold out to. And your reflection, folks, your reflection doesn't lie. Your reflection tells it like it is and see as long as you are excuse me Michael Jackson the man in the mirror then they're not going to see what they're supposed to see from people that profess to be a sold-out believer of Christ which is the light when, when you now I don't mean to do that to you but it's just happening that's the way God planning it right now y'all have to deal with it upstairs y'all love me see You'll blind people with the light when you walk through the door. Amen. You won't blind them with you. You won't blind them with with your world. You won't. And I'm sorry, I hooked somebody up, up. Let's see. And Satan is knocking on somebody's heart right now, listen to me, and he's telling you, are y'all okay over there? Is it hitting y'all? Huh? Y'all got the point, okay? You got the point. Satan is trying to tell you that what's going on, you don't need to pay any attention to it. Listen to me. If people don't see Jesus in you right now with the shape the world's in and the trumpet's about to blow any minute now, there's not a problem with them. There's a problem with me. There's a problem with you. There's a problem with us as a church. And the Bible says part of our job, Paul said, is to sanctify ourselves daily and to make our calling and election sure. And see, we've got to get past this. We've got to get beyond... The mirror thing. One of the first things in that hallway, this is a spiritual journey at this church now, is to know God. And you can't know about Him. You can't know how good your mama or daddy or your grandma, grandpa knows Him. You've got to know Him for yourself. And when you know Him, then you are on a trail, you're on a journey, and you are giving given marching orders by the Lord. And that That is, once you walk through that door and you've picked up your cross, you don't care about the mirror unless it's reflecting the Lord. That's the only thing people's going to see in you is Jesus. You don't care if they call you, man, he's a fanatic. She's a fanatic. All I hear is about the Lord. Hey, you're in the sweet spot if you can ever get that kind of compliment. You are living where God designed you to live if people can label you. In fact, we are told that we're going to be called when we hit the mother load, fools for Christ's sake. How many of you were a fool when you were in sin? And you got some foolish memories to go along with that. Amen. There's more than eight of us in here that's in that category. The rest of you need to repent because you just sit there and lied to all of us. Yes, amen. And we've got to get over this. We've got to see, listen, nothing in this world is going to last. Nothing in this world is going to go with me. Not one thing. And the Bible says the the second part of this test is that people can not only know us by the reflection being salt and light, but people can know us by the fruit of that we bear see all of those different religions you saw on that video all of them do good deeds let me tell you something church good deeds and fruit are not the same thing I'm gonna prove it to you with the Word of God and a little illustration here good deeds and fruit are not the same thing good deeds does not leave this world fruit does and see a lot of people are under the impression that they're going to heaven, number one, which is a false impression because you haven't truly divorced your life. And the second assumption that people are wrong about, that there's going to be a lot of stuff up there waiting on you. Wrong again. The Bible said that Jesus told us that we are to lay up for ourselves, not our pastor to do it, not our husbands or wives or grandparents to do it for us not our church to do it for us, but for yourself, you are to lay up treasures your very own. Nobody else can lay up treasures for you. I don't care if you hide behind your spouse now or you hide behind your parents now or grandparents or somebody that's in the Lord that you really trust. Listen, none of that means anything and it's not going to do anything for you. The Bible tells us this, that our fruit, is, is something that we've got to pay attention to. Matthew's gospel, the sixth chapter said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth or rust, neither one of them destroys and thieves can't get in and steal it or your identity or anything else. So the Lord says, hey guys, check this out. I can do all kinds of things for you right now. I can load you down with benefits every day. I can anoint you to do great and mighty things, greater things than I even did with the disciples. But you got to be sold out. You've got to get your mind off of how much money you can get your hands on or how much stuff or how many people you can impress or how many friends you can get at school or how many clicks you can get in or how many likes you can get or how many reposts and shares you can get. You've got to get your mind off of all that hell and bear fruit if you really want to make a difference and your stuff get to heaven. This is the way it works. You see, this is a filter that catches all kind of dust and debris and things that could be harmful to people like myself that just really, really, really suffer sometimes with allergies and sinuses. And these things right here are a blessing if you keep them clean, if you keep them changed. But this filter is the same way, in a sense, that our works are. See, you can go right ahead. In your own little world and you can you can tell yourself or a pastor or preacher can tell you or some mega church pastor on tv can tell you all some nice cheery oh looking things that it's all good don't worry about it you can believe all of the things you want to but your works will not leave this world materialism will not leave this world Yes, you do need to sit down and ask God to search your heart. You need to do this inventory because one day everything that you've done that's been through the love of Jesus Christ and for His glory and not your glory, it's going to make it through the filter. But all the things that the church, the body of Christ is consumed with right now because, see, we look like the world, you see, We waited so long, we were tired of being the black sheep. I just quoted this a week or two ago. We we finally made it where we are acceptable by the world. And the Bible says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. And see, we're at that point now. And the Bible tells us all. In fact, in 1 Corinthians... Paul said it like this. Every man's work shall be made manifest. That means it's going to be brought to light. For the day shall declare it because it's going to be revealed. He's talking filter talk. He said, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive the word. Or a reward. See, that's the good things you do. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And what Paul was saying is, folks, he was talking to the church, by the way. Just imagine. He says, you can get carried away with life and things and luxury and and just... Approval by your peers and everybody else. You can, you can try, and I hate to use this example, you can constantly try to y- live in a cheers environment. Y'all know what that is? Anybody that's older than 40 years of age, you know what a cheers environment is. What is a cheers environment? Where everybody knows your name, Cliff, Cliff, We want everybody to know our name. And if that's what you're living for and you squeeze in a little church, maybe you listen to Caleb about once every other month and that's got you all righteous feeling and all that. You do all that, you hold back tithe, you think you can justify it, you're going to stand before God, and he may clean your clock out for stealing from him before the trumpet sounds. I'm telling you people, you better wise up. We're getting near the end of the road. There's only certain things going to make it through this filter. He said, and it don't have to be big, great things. He said, you can give a, a cup of cold water to a child in my name, and it'll make it through the filter. He said it like this: you won't lose your reward. And a lot of people are banking that you've been a Christian for 40 years. You bank that you just kind of visit every now and then. You're not really. You're not a part. No, I'm going to be involved and all that. I mind my own business. You're not saved if you mind your own business. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. That was so good. You're not saved. I don't care how long you say you are a Christian. If you are under the impression and the mentality, I'll just be quiet and mind my own. You are not saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not saved. Because you cannot mind, here it goes again, you can't mind your own business and reflect Him at the same time. You gotta hate your life you got to pick up your cross and you've got to have a new attitude, baby. You've got to come in church and say, whatever you want me to do, God, I'm going to do it. Whatever you need me to do at work, whatever you need me to do at school, I'm going to do it. Whatever you want me to do in your name that's not appreciated or better yet, it will never be noticed by man. God, I'm game because I'm no longer married to me and I'm not here just to mind my own business. I gave up my business at Calvary. K- Calvary. I gave up my things at Calvary. I gave up my personality at Calvary. I gave up my image at Calvary. I gave up my cars and my Facebook page and all the things that I'm really involved in. I gave them up at Calvary so I can walk with you and have everlasting life. A lot of you think I'm preaching against Facebook I'm not, we're streaming live on Facebook as we speak. But I'm saying, if you are more involved in social media or anything at all, if the mirror is not Jesus, man, you better get hooked up today before you leave this church. And the Lord's helped me with Ezekiel 3. He he really has. He blessed my soul 4 o'clock the other morning. I needed that before I came out here. Because a lot of work's getting tried. A lot of work's getting tried. And see, I don't want the people, all these churches around me, we get to heaven one day and maybe the people that make it in make it in and they get up there, but you're broke. Well, i am just be glad to be there. No, you won't. You're so carnal now, that tells how you really feel about things. No, you won't. When you get to heaven, you're going to want everything God can bless and reward you with, church. You're going to want it. And see, how am I going to feel having to hide in a corner somewhere because all these other preachers, their churches, maybe, are getting all these rewards because they didn't hold back. They told them what they needed to do. They gave them the instructions. And they just out here bearing fruit. They're not in love. And we all know the deal on that. There are not many people. I'm just using this for an example to tell you today that what you have to do, You've got to make sure. Remember, what we do for ourselves usually dies with us. But what we do for others lives beyond us. Because only people live forever. Only people live forever. Not stuff. It's going to all burn up one day. That's why when I see people in love with idols, it just just kills me. It really does because what are you going to do when that's gone? Because it's all going one day. It really is. And I like this, and I'm not the one to say this. I'm going to share it with you. But we are eternal spirits, but we're in temporary bodies. It's up to us to help everybody else, all the other people around us discover and accept all that God has for them. And you do that when you bear fruit. The Bible tells us, Paul said in the second chapter of Corinthians, he said we are Christ's ambassadors. Y'all know what that means, right? We're his representative. That means if I can't go to a a meeting, I send a representative for me. He left heaven, came down here, and before He went away. He made sure that the apostles would understand. And you got to write about this, guys, because everybody that's going to make up and be called the church, they're going to be my ambassadors because I am going away. He says, God is now, right now, making his appeal through us, but he can't do it if you are the only one in the mirror. We are here. We're co-workers in God's service everybody in here you're god's field and you're god's building god left you here car wreck cancer heart stroke Whatever your story is, you're here because we've got to shake the bushes and make a difference, and we got to bear some fruit before we leave this earth that's going to make it through the filter because it's going to be tried by fire. Yes, you will make it to heaven if you've walked through the door, but all the things you wasted all your time on, research and see, all of that stuff's going to be gone, and it's not going to do you any good. And see, we spend so much time piling up and thinking and strategizing all the stuff down here. And the devil is going to tell you that all that's good, but I told you you should have went to the other church to, to, today. I told you you should have went to the I told you don't go to that church today. Now, let's just stop for a minute. Everybody already thought about that, Don't, don't raise your hand. Listen, it's not a coincidence at all that we're starting what we're going to start Wednesday night, well really Thursday morning with this book about what's next. That's what's next for me and what's next for the world around me, why I have the time. That's why I don't care what you have to do. You may have to tell somebody, well, you're going to the, uh, the kick me off the squad? Uh, you're going to kick me off the squad. You're going to cut my hours back if I tell you I got to leave work? It's that serious, folks. But, Opie, but what about all my work? See, there you go. There you go. There you go. See, that's what we got to deal with, church. Because all this stuff can be, it, it can just be a very elaborate decoration. To keep you mesmerized and keep you passionate about it, or them, or that, just so you won't do anything that resembles fruit bearing, and makes it to heaven. And this is why this thing Wednesday night is so important. I, I want to. I want to just tell you something that Angie shared with me. The other day and I'm going to come down here where I can kind of look you in the eye all of you ladies that went to the having a merry heart and a Martha world that study that, that that was a great study Angie's still in the book still going through the book and I'm real close from just turning that into a series or a church study because it's the, we're living there, and it doesn't even say that. But this is what came out of here, and she, she reminded me. I said, I, I want to use that on Sunday morning. It's, it's a, a, um, a test of love. It says, St. Augustine once preached a sermon in which he proposed a kind of self-test to see if we really, truly love God. Suppose God, and this is the question, okay, the test. Suppose God proposed to you a deal and said, I will give you anything you want. You can possess the whole world. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be a sin. Nothing forbidden. You will never die Never have pain, never have anything you do not want, and always have anything you do want. Except for just one thing you will never see my face. You can have all that, no more pain, no more anything. But the only trade off is you'll never see God's face. And the question that ended that, did the chill rise in your heart when you heard the words, you will never see my face? The chill is the most precious thing in you. That is the pure love of God. And I, w- I want to just tell you, this was out of a book called, as I said, having a, a merry Heart in a Martha world but I, I want to ask all of you right this minute if you could go back about 2,000 years ago and I'm talking to every person it, no nobody's excluded I don't care if you've been a Christian longer than I've been alive that don't mean anything it, it's how you finish it ain't how you wobbled along and how you started It's like golf. You know, I I was told it ain't how you drive. It's how you arrive. And that's true. I'd love to be a one-putt guy. Amen. I mean, if I play golf again. But listen to me. If you could go back 2,000 years ago, and you could see Jesus walk into that home of Mary and Martha, it's all right to be studious, it's alright to be, have an excellent spirit about how you work, how you raise your family, how you live your life, the way you clean your house, the way you take care of your personal business. But see, when all of that invades on when Jesus wants you, it's, that's when it's a problem. And I can imagine walking in the house 2,000 years ago. Jesus walked in the home of Mary and Martha, and, and here we go. Just, I, I, see, I see Martha busy all in the house right now. I see her. She's just moving around, and Mary's down there at her feet. And I, I know that Martha ain't doing a, a bad thing, but she's not doing the right thing. And, and here goes Martha. Oh, My sister's doing all this stuff. My sister, God, please, can you see me? Here I am over here. God is in the business of pouring out his spirit in these last days. God needs vessels. God needs sanctuaries. He needs people he can hook up and he can bless and He he can multiply things in your life. But he's looking for people that's walked through the door. You don't have a form of godliness. You're not resting in the fact that you say you're a Christian. He's looking for people that don't have any obstacles in the way. You're not still latching on to this world. That he can go straight to you and he can fill you up and fill you over. He's, he's ready to do it. In the name of Jesus, God is ready to do a great and mighty work in every person's life that means business right now. But you've got to just, you got to even get your mind off of me talking right now. And you just got to say, Lord, here I am. I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll, I'll. Make phone calls. I'll make arrangements, whatever I got to do. But I'm walking through the door. I'm not going to be stuck here when all that mess is here. Opie, you think I'll be stuck here? The Bible says straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. You're not trying to scare me. I ain't. They not, no, this is the truth. This is the truth. There ain't no scare to it. There's a sign at the Grand Canyon, 50 feet, and then drop off. And a park ranger says, don't go past that sign. There's a drop off. And he even points to the sign. You say, well, I don't believe. And you walk, the results is going to be the same. You don't have to believe the sign. The part ranger, he, he's, he wasn't lying to you. He just told you. He wasn't trying to scare you. He just said, there's a sign. I'm telling you, the signs of the times are everywhere. And you know why you can't see them? Because you're still in this world. You're not going to see the things of God until you get out of the world and get in the world we are in, His kingdom. Then you can say, Lord, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's not going to make sense. This is going to sound like emotionalism or just somebody that's just had a bad batch of beans and they came to preach. No, ma'am. No, sir. I'm telling you, the days are closing in and they're getting close. You better make sure you are saved, you are right, and your family is, first of all.